0: Today, I want to share with you um, the following. I want to share about a rekindle a fire. And I know it's super hot here right now. It's super, super hot. I've experienced this uh, outside. It, uh, it's if the sun gets you on your own, you, you go to Jesus or to hell, which I think you don't want to go to hell in this heat. So, but in South Africa, being the southern hemisphere, it is super cold. It's one of the coldest winters we've ever had. And we have rolling blackouts, which means the following that we have between 9 and 11 hours a day, we don't have electricity. And so there's, there's, there's no electricity, and that means that you don't have anyway central heating or heating that you put on. And so you have to use, use fire or other things to, to heat your home or heat your place. And so um, at Father's Day, the day before Father's Day, we, we got a stove, like a, like a fireplace some of you might know fireplaces, that's the thing that you, you normally put all the other things you don't know what to do with inside. But in other side of the world, we make fire in those things. Um, actually, you know the little thing there, we put things in. Well, the rest of us, we make actually fire in that thing. So that's just a joke. Um, but in a fireplace, uh, like a stove, we use a hard coal called anthracite. And it stays, it gives heat longer than the normal charcoal coal that you get. But getting it started takes so much longer. And when it burns, it, it keeps on for weeks. You can just get rid of the ashes and it just st- stays on literally for weeks if you take care of it. And so the day before Father's Day, I looked at the fire and I looked at there's just a few red coals. And I realized, oh, I don't want to clean this thing because when I clean it, it's messy. You go inside, everything gets full of ashes and your, your hands, uh, everything is like, it's dirty, dirty, dirty. And I'm like, mm, I, don't want, I don't want to do this. And so, like a good guy who knows these practical things, I phoned two friends who have similar stoves like this, fireplaces. And I phoned them because I knew they must know of a trick that I don't have to clean the whole thing, but just put something like a fire lighter or some wood, and then it goes up back again. Phone them, they don't answer their phones. Luckily, it was not that thing of millionaire game plan that I missed the chance to have some answers. So my new friend, since Chamoree is now living in the States, is ChatGPT. I found a new friendship with ChatGPT, more than Google, more than anything else. And what I don't know, what I can't ask, I go on ChatGPT and ask him, or her, or wherever they are. Chat GPT is really a good friend. I see some of the students have not discovered that. <laughs> or you, you're not allowed to look like you discovered it. Like, no, we, we don't know that. I know we don't know anything about that. Okay, that's good. But, so I went and searched. Does Chat GPT know how to restart a fire when it's sort of, there's a few red coals? And I searched and said, well, get rid of the ashes, shake it a little bit. But if it's close to dying, the only way of getting it back up is to rekindle the fire. And when I saw rekindle, and there's nothing to do with the kindle, but when I saw rekindle, I thought this, this man, I've, I've grew up in a very strong, spirit love, Jesus, kumbaya, church. And, and when, I, when I grew up in that place, many times the pastor said, fan the flame, burn the fire. And I, I, I know about burning fires. Flame-grilled got its name from our house. When my wife knows we're going to do barbecue, we don't do gas. We do wood and coal. And so when we do it, we make a fire. We flame grill things. And we make a fire, and then she says, okay, is there enough fire left? Yes, there's enough fire. Then, then Tuesdays and Thursdays, everything that we can cook on this thing gets cooked. And when it's close to dying, she says, is there still fire left? I said, there's really no fire left. She said, well, this, it looks like a little bit of fire left, and then she will bring the frozen chicken out. Yeah. I said, what is it going to help? It's not going to cook it. Yeah, but at least it smells like it. And so we'll put it on that, and at least it smells, and then everything goes back in the refrigerator, and then we have barbecue meat for the week. So, so I know about making fires, but this stove thing, I don't know. It's not the same thing. So here's what I want to share with you today. I want to take you to the scripture, and I want to apply it to our own lives. This is what I had to do. I had to rekindle actually means to clean it up in a in a current fireplace or a container that can contain fire, clean it up, get rid of the mess, and start the fire afresh. You see, for me, I felt like if I can put some fire lighters or something else external on it and sort of revive it, that's okay. But rekindle means that this thing knows how to contain a fire. But the thing of doing it is you need to clean it up. And so I want to go to the scripture where Paul, Apostle Paul, talks to his disciple Timothy. Paul was in jail, and the, second, the letter of 2 Timothy chapter 1, we read, and some of you might have heard some of these scriptures that are well known, you might have heard it somewhere. 2 Timothy chapter 1, was 5 to 7, says the following, and I'm reading out of different translations. The New American Standard says, For I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Louise and in your mother Eunice. And I'm sure that it's in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and of discipline. You might have heard it. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Verse 6, he's actually speaking to this. And he's starting actually in the beginning. He says, Timothy, I know you have faith. I know you've experienced God. I know that you've been around that. I've seen it when I left you. And he goes to him and says, remember, that, remember your grandmommy. Praying, being women of the Spirit. Remember your mom being strong, Lord. I remember there was a fire inside of you. But Timothy, he died. And now I want to urge you, because I know there's a gift. Rekindle the fire. Go back and clean it up. Because there's a fire inside of you. Let me give this scripture and then we'll bring application for you. In Ali B, it says, "For which reason I remind you to rekindle the gift that God is, that, that of God that's in you through the laying of my hands." Now that word for rekindle, when you go to the dictionary and you go and you study it, since we have so many students. Uh, um, let me get in academic mode. Rekindle means to reactivate. To rekindle, to renew, renovate, resurrect, resuscitate, retrieve. Actually, it's, it's, it's related to the word revival. When something died, to get it back and revive it again. Yeah. And so, you see, for us, we want to be in a place where we want, can God not just bring something else in my life? I, I want to experience that fire, but I'm not into really cleaning it up. It's too messy. It takes too long. For me, I had to clean that fire and I had to start it afresh. And I remember sitting before this thing, I'm like, man, this is hard. And God said, you know, you're doing it because I know you're going to America and I want to give you a message. No, he didn't say that, but, I, but now I knew it afterwards. That was not what I felt at all. If I felt it like that, I was like, man, this is messy. Look at my hands. Tomorrow I'm greeting the church like, hello, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I <laughs> said I wanted to let them see my hands. I think I got rid of the last thing this week. But the following day, when I remade that fire, my in-laws, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law came and visited us. And when they stepped into the house, it's like, this is so nice. It's so warm. And I all stood there like so impressed because the fire was touching them. So there's a fire... That God wants to start and rekindle inside of your life. There's a gift. There's grace. And some of you, you've got amazing physically, physical abilities. You can storm a bull and have a run. Or a buffalo or a lion or a cheetah or whatever you want to storm. Or another team. You can, you're able to lift things. You're able physically to change. There's a gift inside of you. But this gift sometimes gets injured, hurt, stopped from functioning what it's called to do. And now you're trying to try to get this thing going back. And what God is saying, go back and clean it. If you go to 2 Timothy 1, 6 in the Amplified, it says, that is why I want to remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of. Clean it. Fan the flame of and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that's in you by the means of my laying of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. So Paul is saying to him, it makes so much sense. For God has not given you the spirit, Timothy. That thing that you have in your life of fear, putting back, drawing back, that's not what God gave you. This thing controlling you right now, that's not from him. Because I remember a fire inside of you. I remember the faith that you had. I remember your grandmom. I remember your mom. I remember the times that we laid our hands upon you and we prayed for you. I remember there was a fire. But this spirit that you have right now, it's not from God. Because if it was from God, it would have been a spirit of power to do things. It would have been a spirit of of love. An active love, a driven love, a compelling love. A love that awakens you. And it would have been not what you're experiencing right now, a disillusionment. It would have been giving you a sound mind. What you're experiencing right now, it's not me. It's not God. Actually, it goes in verse 8 and says, that shame that you're feeling right now because I'm in jail, don't be ashamed because I'm in purpose. And he's actually saying to him, Timothy, get back to your purpose. Get back to your call. Get back to the thing I've placed inside of you. So how does it happen? You know, you cannot export what you don't have. We spoke about rice. And one of the things Julian learned while he was here is jambalaya. And we're very excited because jambalaya, Sundays normally we have meals together and jambalaya, Junior makes jambalaya. And jambalaya is a wonderful meal. My one brother said he's actually cooking for you jambalaya one of, one of these days. So, so, and I looked at his hands so it's not applicable what my example is going to be. So, so when you have jambalaya, I mean there's a lot of good rice, some sausage and some sauce, donis and other things. Am I right? That's what you have. Pork, but of pork, chicken, anything—it's mooing, mowing, and brewing. all of those things. But us, us, we call them vegetables. We have, we have, we have beef, and then everything else that looks like meat is vegetables. That's just how it is. Uh, you remember my wife bringing out the vegetables to get it cook? Does it at least smell like? To yeah, that's that's sorry. That's how it works. And so we have jambalaya, and that's. Part of the prophetic thing I see, it's it's one of those meals that you can actually make, make and it's gonna go a long way and feed a lot of people. But it's flavored and it has and it has different components, and that's what I believe God is gonna do in this church. Bring that flavor, the export, like Jambalaya, like that thing, bring it out that you can send it forth change it, but, and I've looked at, that says hands, doesn't apply. But just imagine, your hands are dirty. You just worked on your car, or you worked on outside of the grass, or you just went here, or here, and you went there, and now you start cooking, and your hands goes into that. I mean... How many of you would love to say, oh, you know what? I think you brought so much flavor now to this. (laughs) You know, I'm suddenly feeling like I heard the church does these fast days, which everything's not fast but slow. But I want to go in one of those slows. I don't want to have food today. I just don't feel like jambalaya. With those hands that you're so dirty, just leave me. We cannot export if you're not willing to get cleaned up. So we are able to bring light and life in our society. And that's where, as Christians, when we move into a neighborhood, things should change. Eugene Peterson writes the message and he translates it. But you have to understand, Eugene Peterson, how he, how he grew up. He grew up in Montana. And it's just uh, amazing, uh, him telling a story. When he was about 10 years old, it was a small town in Montana. Grew up there, and it was, uh, they saw this empty house, empty for, for months. And, and then they saw a moving truck rolling up and stopped at this street. And, and stopped at this empty house. And then they, this, he and his friends they were bored, it was summer holiday, it was close to getting schools back. They're like, we have to look what's happening inside. Because that was one of the most interesting things when he had to see people moving. He, they helped. Everybody got their GMC trucks out and they helped. And, and then you were able to go into the neighbor's attic and all over and see, oh, this is what I really have in their house. And so he was quite excited to see what's really happening, because there was clues. And so the people who were moving in were not there yet. And then um, it was a North American van line vehicle. It was about majestic and red and white, about half a block big. Huge truck. He says about six to eight GMC trucks could fit into that. The amount of things. And so now he and his friends are looking who's, what is coming outside. And the first things they unpacked was two bicycles. and like, got it, new friends. There's new friends moving into the neighborhood. The second thing was, they came in skis. And they lived in a ski country, but none of them ever skied. And only the rich kids did that. And I thought, hmm, the neighborhood has just been upgraded. And then a motorcycle got out. they like, just imagine, this motorcycle. Whoever it drives it, they can get on the backside of this motorcycle. They can go through the neighborhood and like, Wave to the friends. And they're like, we have been changed. But the moment when they unpacked a glass mirror, a massive glass mirror with a showcase, they knew rich people moved into the neighborhood. Very rich people. And the neighborhood has been upgraded. They won't be the same ever again. All the poverty is gone. All the normal things are gone. They are not anymore down. They are being upgraded because these people moved into the neighborhood. Now when you go and read the message, and you see it. You see it in that light how he describes us. In John 1.14, it says, The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory of our own eyes, the one, kind, one of a kind of glory, like father, like son, cherish inside and out, true from start to finish. Are you Christians on your social media as a status or because of something happening in your heart? Are many of you studying at a Christian university because of the scholarship? or because of your parents wanting you there, or because there was something compelling inside of you, saying, I want to change the world. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. What's your motivation? John told me, you moved from Nashville here, you'd us to move here. In the middle of Cajun country, redneck country, all of that together, Sorry, I hope it's not bad. That Other people told me those names. I'm like... <laughs> I will delete it from... Those. Sorry for those of you on the beach. Just ignore it. Just get your own rednecks while you're there. <laughs> Hold. And this relocating, why? Moving to the neighborhood. You see, when we as Christians or those, i say, we are Christ followers, move into place, we should be those who are carrying hope in dark situations. We should be those who don't partner with the enemy, but partner with what God is saying. That's right. And that's why John 14:23, Eugene Peterson describes as this following. Because of a loveless world, it's a sightless world. If loves, if anyone loves me, he will carefully keep my word, my father will love him, and we will move right into the neighborhood. It's through your obedience, through you following Christ and inviting him into your life that God can actually change your society. If you start to think that your society is turning upside down, it's getting more drug- infested, it's getting more, more in a place where it's dangerous, then it means that the Christians have allowed their fire to be red enough to look like a fire, but not strong enough to spread anything. When you start to play sports, when you start to move into a place, may it be, like he's saying, generous inside out. Imagine he's saying, if you obey me, I will move into your neighborhood. If you allow my word close to you, I will move into dark places. I will use you to bring hope where there's no hope. You have the ability to usher in, invite in his presence. So how do I do it? Four easy things. How do you transform your world? When I think about transformation, I always think about this, something has to start inside out. Yeah. It, it cannot be, he's part of the play, my son. He's here, yeah, it's my shamore he's, he's part of the, we're now doing, I'm, I'm gonna sing, sing, I'm not gonna sing. it. Um, <laughs> I will usher in hell for you. <laughs> When I transform something something when something is getting transformed so many times we want can you please speak to so-and so and let them change I, I told I told Mr. Nancy you were like this uh, when I was at the wedding reception I said how was a wedding reception very expensive <laughs> very expensive uh, I, I Julian they had um, a barista with coffee, I never had cappuccino that cost me so much, not even dollars. <laughs> that was the most expensive coffee I had in my life. I paid for the coffee. It was really, man, this is expensive. When I say American coffee is expensive, you haven't, you haven't tasted South African wedding coffee where you have to, <laughs> where you have to pay for it. And that's a lot of money, a lot of money. Julian, if you're honored, bless you, my son, I love you. Bless you, bless you, go to the sea, go to the beach. And so, but being at a wedding, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm, I did the, the service and then I'm attending. And then everybody will come. Can't you tell them to go quicker? When are we getting the pudding? When are we getting, I'm sorry, I'm just one of the guests now. and am a guest that's paying for your coffee, very expensive coffee. Did you say thank you for that coffee? So that thing of responsible, feeling responsible for something outside, it's hard. But transformation should not happen through paid staff members, but it should happen through every one of you. You want to see a change in society, it starts with you. You know, on an airplane, I hate this thing. I hate when it happens, this this thing that they, they say, we get on an airplane and, and they say, you, when, in, in, when there's cabin pressure dropped, you, you need to take the mask and put it on your face, it will not inflate. Like, man, I, it, it needs to swell up like this. It doesn't, I don't like this, no. <laughs> Give me a air bubble, don't tell like it's not inflating. And, and breathe normally, like it just dropped. How many kilometers? Oh, breathe normally what a nice day outside. Who on earth will breathe normally? But anyway, and then they say this thing, which I hated, having my children on planes. Like, first help yourself and then help them. And I'm going to allow my kids to suffocate like, and just wait, I'm just breathing, just normally. Lord of mercy. And then I saw this thing. I cannot help Unless my oxygen line is open with God. Unless I allowed his life to flow. And so this is what I want to start with. It. Stay in the word. I challenge you not to binge on Netflix or YouTube but or Instagram or Reels, or whatever you want to binge on. But binge on the word. Get a Bible reading pro- program. Get something that you have the word close to you. A change your life. Get in the Word. Listen to the Word. Read the Word. Because as I stay in the Word, I'm refueling. Then second, we pray first. You know, many times people say, well, the only thing we can do right now is pray. No, prayer should never be our last resort. It should always be the first thing that we do. And look at what Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1 he says the first thing I want you to do is to pray pray every way you know how for everyone you know pray especially for the rulers and the governments to rule well so we can be quietly about our business and living simply in humble contemplation verse 8 says since prayer is at the bottom of all of this what I mostly want is for men and women to pray not shaking angry fists at enemies but raising holy hands to God. Last year, end of last year, having so many things happening in our lives, I felt God said, partner with revival. Partner with revival. I said, Lord, how does it look like? He said, Whatever, wherever you see people starting a fire, wherever you see somebody pressing in, partner with that. But what if it doesn't benefit what we are doing? Just partner with that. And for my life is right now, is where can I partner with people? I'm praying. And part of, part of the obedience for me was what I felt like, oh, can I have come again, Pastor JJ? The previous time me and the rodeo had to compete, can you invite me? Can I be here again? I felt like in this week, we're going to see some universities here. We're going to see JMU. And I'm trusting God, how can we help what we've seen now to partner what you're doing and partner with the revival fire that God wants to spread from Crowley into the nations? And so, my, my praise, God, how can I partner with revival? Pray first. Thirdly, this is fantastic. We are so thankful that you're here. We are thankful for rows. But either you're going to see how somebody's losing their hair or they miss not putting gel on or miss somewhere a spot. We don't grow in rows, we grow in circles. And Pastor, Pastor Esther said earlier I want to invite you to a, a life group experience. She was explaining how much change happens. I want to invite each one of you. Make sure that you get a circle relationship. Sundays are amazing. But we live for circles. Because in circles, we grow. And we challenge. And we see love. We help each other to be accountable. We help each other hard to pray. Hard to get in the Word. And lastly... unless the Holy Spirit is invited into our place and our world we will not see true change I'm not sure where the students are staying, are you staying in dorms are you staying in houses you rent in your rooms but can, can you invite God to your devices Lord this thing and this thing is, has the ability to go take me places where I don't want to go the beach, even if it's not thinking about the beach but it's just showing all the girls on the beach Lord, just help me, I don't want to see them again I want to invite you I want to invite your presence into my house into the place I'm sleeping I want to invite you in my relationship I want to invite you in my finances Lord, I need revival into that place and let me close with this story Pastor JJ, you were there when we started to buy the, the steel on our land. And we bought steel, and then I got ill and I died, and uh, I'm, I'm alive again, as you see. Um, and and the steel was there for many, many years. And then my friend Pastor Baba, who's now with Jesus, came at one stage and he challenged us to clean up the place. We cleaned up the place, and, and then um, he Another time he came in, he ministered to a couple and he ministered to them and they started to say, Well, we want to do something about the building. And they did some earth-moving things. And so many things happening, different things happened through the years. But the day when I left, they actually put up the steel structure for a thousand-plus seater. They're putting up that structure. And when I looked at it, I thought, for many years it was there. And then people will ask me. Oh, we, we know you are building a great church for yourself for, for what you're going to do. I'm, I'm not building anything for myself. I'm just creating a bigger container that we can raise and release more leaders. I have a place where we can invite the Holy Spirit. And so on Tuesday night, being so, so, so cold, super cold, they send me their prayer meeting because this is what I know. Pray first. Not through our effort, it's through praise. And in that empty structure, no roof, but it's a structure were praying. And we're trusting God in three weeks from now, when we have our faith conference, we're gonna do it in whatever. If there's a roof, we're gonna do it. If there's walls, we're gonna do it. There's a floor and there's a structure. But we're gonna do our 25th anniversary. And say, so, Lord, we invite heaven to invade earth. So, can I pray with you? We're going to close. Is that okay? So here's what I want to pray. First, three things I'm going to pray for. One, those of you who are living on fumes have have need to rekindle, clean up your fireplace. And then second, those of you that you want to be a hope carrier want to be someone that carry. it might be all three and lastly is allowing the Holy Spirit to come in into your life so number one I want to ask if you feel like you know you need to rekindle your fire you need to clean up you might feel like it's so hard I don't, I don't know where to start I want to pray for you today and I want you to stand so don't you're just where you're at just stand so I need to clean up that fireplace I need to clean it up I know nothing to do with the heat outside it's just the heat inside of you that's why we have the AC on we need, we need there's so much heat here that can fire up a place but we need to rekindle it Jesus I pray Lord there's an army before you oh Lord I just pray that you you will go gently and help them and help them to clean up clean it up clean it up and fan it flame because what we are seeing right now the spirit of fear is not from you there's a different spirit you want to release of power love and a sound mind Lord I release it right now the first group, I want you to stay standing. But those of you saying, I want to be a candidate for transformation. I want to be a candidate to be a hope carrier. to stand. I want to be a can- candidate. Carry hope into dark places. I want to be a candidate for that. to stand. Lord, well, thank you right now. If we have hope carriers and we have those, who saying rekindle the fire. Now I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will fill this place. Touch the people here. And they will not be the same. They will experience your power like never before again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We will see in Crowley and surrounding areas, see a fresh fire from heaven touching the lives. Lord, I thank you for all these college students. I thank you, Lord, for your hand to be upon them. Thank you, Lord. This is the year where you give them favor upon favor upon favor, and they will remember moments like these, not just this moment, but many moments, as they start to win and they win and they win and they win, and they know. How does this happen? It's because of your grace and because of your favor, because you have a story you want to tell through them. And I thank you, Lord, for that fire to be upon them. Thank you for the fire of God to be upon the leaders, the campers, that the, every veteran in the faith, I thank you, Lord, that as they get tired, that you will touch them and use them mightily in Jesus' name. Amen.